Welcome to the Bards FM Podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to The Financial Crazy Train. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction. Righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And tonight is Friday, June 17th. And good Friday to everybody. It is a wonderful day to enjoy the end of the week of another crazy week of the world unraveling around us. Never seems to get less entertaining each day, whether Joe Biden's opening his mouth, whether Pisaki continues to be invisible to the world, or whether 10,000 cows suddenly just drop dead. Another mystery of our times. It's it's the world we live in. I, the new definition to the to that soap opera, As the World Turns, I'll tell you. <laughs> or it's a Frisbee, or it's a donut, or it's something. I don't know. All right, before we begin, make sure you are taking good care of your wealth. It is extremely important right now. In its financial times that we are in, there's a lot of chaos, and we have to be wise and reasonable and use some common sense in making sure you're preserving the wealth you have. This is why we have folks like Birch Gold. Patriots, we have been witnessing the economy slowly go through a death spiral and the fed has boxed itself in the economy is in dire straits and thanks to a loose money policy there's no end in sight apparently you just can't spend trillions every year without repercussions and now in an attempt to play catch up the fed is raising rates and plans to do it seven more times this year we're already starting to see the ripple effects in the housing market as people's buying power diminishes what are you doing to protect your money Have you considered what could happen if the stock market continues to fall or worse, crashes? Don't wait until that happens. Take some of your profits from the stock market now and solidify them with gold from Birch Gold. Throughout history, gold has maintained its value better than any other investment in the world. So text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to the number 989898. Again, BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to the number 989898 for a free zero-obligation info kit on holding gold in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Again, text BARDS to 989898 and secure the gains from the hard-earned capital that you have. Join the thousands of Happy Birch customers, the countless five-star reviews, and an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Birch Gold. They're professionals. They're some of the best in the market. So again, text BARDS at 989898 to protect your future with gold. Well, Patriots, this morning I had the honor of interviewing Nick Searcy, and and the whole topic was the film Capital Punishment, which if you have not seen that, that's on January 6th, I'd highly recommend that you do. That interview is going to air Monday night, so make sure and tune in. It's a wonderful interview we had. But here's the deal. we are This January 6th thing is both pretty much a production and a show, but equally it's revealing more of their desperation of hiding deeper truths that are going on in our world. Obviously, the economy is continuing to tank, and there's many things going on there. But I think what's important to frame all this is to understand where our government is. 
this quote, which actually comes from the film, but it's not the film's quote. It's a quote from President Harry S. Truman. Once a government is committed to the principle of silencing the voice of opposition, it has only one way to go, and that is down the path of increasingly repressive measures until it becomes a source of terror to all its citizens and creates a country where everyone lives in fear. That's where we are at this point in time. This government is doing everything it can to divide to keep people focused. Remember, as I've said many times, the vote is still legal. That should tell you it doesn't work. And I've had some recent criticisms on various platforms saying that you need to stop saying that the vote's not worth it. I've never said not vote. What I've said is it don't have any expectations. Probably shouldn't say never. I probably did say don't vote. I probably did, just to be honest. What I my point of all this is, is that voting is not something you better have high expectations on making big change. It's part of a multi-front war. It doesn't take anything to vote. We should vote. We should participate. But don't have the expectations of change because the system is rigged. Every time I hear somebody endorse some new candidate about how they're going to win, they're going to be the great leader, my first question is this. What have you done to clean up voter rolls, and what have you done to make the vote have integrity again? And the answer is nothing. We have effectively, as you heard the other night from Greg Phillips, effectively nothing has been done or has changed in two years. So the point of this is they're allowing people to vote and now all of that becomes part of a big distraction. January 6th is a big distraction. The COVID pandemic, the monkey pox didn't stick, so they have to come up with new things. And the ratings on the January 6th piece were abominable. They just, they tanked. So, of course, you need to have a new distraction. And we got one. It happened last night. Fox News alert breaking right now. Word of a major breach of security on Capitol Hill. At least seven people who work for the comedian Stephen Colbert were arrested and jailed last night for breaching the Capitol building. Here's what we know right now. Capitol Police were called around 8.30 p.m. Thursday night for a disturbance at the Longworth House office building. These individuals, who we've confirmed work for The Late Show, were seen roaming the building while it was closed to visitors. Capitol Police say they did not have congressional IDs and were not authorized to be walking around without an escort. They were booked and they spent the night in jail. Congressional sources tell us they were filming a skit on the January 6th hearings and were banging on the doors of offices People like Congressman Kevin McCarthy, Jim Jordan, Republicans, you know the deal. Who let them into the Capitol without authorization? Well, according to a congressional source, it was the Democrats, Congressman Adam Schiff and Jake Achenklaas. So as it predicted and right on cue, <laughs> that's a good one. Intended pun, by the way. The cue nuts are on the th- pointing this as Schiff, Schiff, he's going to be implicated. Okay, well, Simone Gold, who spoke out against the COVID pass or the COVID nonsense, not pass, but the COVID injection, she just got 60 days, two months in prison for using a megaphone in the Capitol building. And these fools who broke in illegally get a 24-hour stay. Yeah, okay. So The whole point is this is a complete distraction. It's always to keep your eyes off the ball. So what is at the core of so much of this? 
And what is there is something very important that was talked about by Powell himself. And this is about the whole idea of what the dollar is soon to become. Take a listen to this. Looking forward, rapid changes are taking place in the global monetary system that may affect the international role of the dollar in the future. Most major economies already have or are in the process of developing instant 24-7 payments. Our own FedNow service will be coming online in 2023. And in light of the tremendous growth in crypto assets and stablecoins, we are examining whether a U.S. central bank digital currency would improve upon what is an already safe and efficient domestic payment system. Our, as our white paper on this topic notes, a U.S. CBDC could also potentially help maintain the dollar's international standing. We're in the process right now of watching the old system, the fiat system, implode. It's a petroleum-based currency, a petrodollar, because the petrodollar was what everybody had to purchase oil in. Just to give you a little history on when he's talking about trying to maintain dominance of the dollar in the world, dominance in the dollar were things like invading Iraq. See, because in 2003, when we launched our attack on Baghdad, the main reason we did that had nothing to do with the weapons of mass destruction. In fact, there was a weapon of mass destruction, but it wasn't scuds with nuclear heads. What it was is that the weapon of mass destruction was the fact that Saddam Hussein, Hussein had decided to trade oil in EU currency and therefore breaking the hegemony of the dollar as the world's predominant currency. So they tracked him down. They, we invaded his country. We killed counsel, countless people, and we tracked him down and killed him. That was a statement to the world not to do that ever again. In Libya, they did the same thing. Omar Gaddafi tried to break away to create a pan-African gold-backed currency. Isn't that amazing? Shortly after that, he was a, a form of a color revolution took over his country, and he was drug out and shot by the people. See, this is what our CIA does. This is what our military becomes the weaponized tool of or has been for so long in fighting these wars to maintain the hegemony of the dollar because it's been said to be a strategic currency. But what's happened right now is extremely important to appreciate, and that is that the dollar is losing its dominance across the world. And that happened, in, and it's been evident in a speech that, that Putin put out just recently. What Putin has announced is that we are the, at the end of the unipolar world. The unipolar world meant that there was one country that was dominant over all things. That was the United States. That was the Federal Reserve. And unipolar world isn't necessarily a geopolitical line. It has, in this sense, it's very much about the influences of a control mechanism. And that control network was run through the Fed, backed up by the U.S. military, and forced upon countries around the world, including using bioweapons labs to extort their compliance so that people would use the dollar. That's the currency that we use. It is a filthy currency in that sense. It is truly a currency of, of, of Babylon. And it's a currency that has been built around debt. And there's so many layers of this. So the debt that you're dealing with the currency is that as they spend and they spend unlimitedly, then what they do is they sell that debt off and they force other countries to buy into that debt. 
And so other countries subsidize our low prices. Much of what you're witnessing right now with the spiraling inflation is that we're starting to see a reset of true value. And they're not going to tell you that. They're going to tell you that it's inflation. They're going to tell you your CPI, your consumer price index is around 8.3 to 8.5. They're going to try to tell you that household inflation is just, it's manageable or under control. When in fact, your real dollar household inflation, which would be the combined numbers of of fuel, food, rent, clothing, your Maslow's hierarchy of needs, add to that energy and communication, your actual housing, your actual household inflation is somewhere around 30 to 35% right now. And that's because a dollar globally is starting to spin out of control. People aren't using it as the sole source and they can't pass off this debt. Remembering as well that since 2020, 80% of the money in circulation was printed. Now, I'm going to read you a passage here, and I'm not going to tell you who said this yet, but I'm going to tell you it should be coming from our leadership because of what this represents. But take a listen to this. I'm going to read it to you. Over the past decades, new powerful centers have been formed on the planet. Each of them develops their own political system and public institutions, implements their own models of economic growth, and of course, has the right to protect themselves to ensure national sovereignty. We are talking about real processes, about truly revolutionary tectonic changes in geopolitics, global economy, the technological sphere, in the entire system of international relations. That quote came from President Putin. My point here is that they have... Russia, for whatever its form is, is in the process of disrupting the old guard. And it's, it has basically accomplished that. And in the disruption of all of this, what we are seeing is that the old guards are trying to rally around to protect their former control. And much of that is done through influence and perception and, of course, deception, which is the psyop war that we're under. Powell's comment about working towards a CBDC, that's Jerome Powell, head of the Federal Reserve. Remember, Russia's not in the Rockefeller Bank system. We are. So their their discussion about keeping the CBDC alive or keeping the dollar alive, is this is these kind of last desperate acts. To quote a U.S. CBDC, which is a central bank digital currency, could potentially help maintain the dollar's international standing, said Powell. And he goes on to explain that as we consider feedback, we will be thinking not about the current state of the world, but also how the global financial system might evolve over the next five to 10 years. 10 countries have already launched central bank digital currencies and another 105 countries are exploring the option, according to the Atlantic Council, another one of the Rothschilds Rockefeller hellholes leading to the fears that the dollar could lose some of its dominance to China. It's not just to China. It's this breaking up of things. And there is a war going on within the elite circles, as I've told you many, many times here. The CBDC is not a cryptocurrency, not in the terms of blockchain. It is a programmable currency. So before we go on here, let's get some background on what exactly a central bank digital currency is and what some of the things it can do. This is about four minutes of a good explanation. 
the United States might be on the brink of creating a digital dollar. In March, President Biden signed an executive order tasking federal agencies with exploring crypto regulations, including the development of a central bank digital currency. President Biden will sign this executive order today. Now, this order calls understanding how a central bank digital currency might work urgent. The U.S. isn't alone. A growing number of countries are looking into digital versions of their currencies. More than 100 countries, representing more than 95% of the world's GDP, are looking to create their own digital currencies. Proponents of CBDCs say a digitized currency can provide more access to the unbanked, allow for faster transactions, and reduce illicit activities. But there are also concerns. Unlike cryptocurrency, CBDCs are centralized. They are issued and controlled by government entities just like fiat currency. In unstable or authoritarian countries, that could lead to currency manipulation. There's no government, there's no person that can just like print Bitcoin into infinity, right? There's a cap to it, um, which is different from the way that some governments operate, which is like they can ostensibly keep printing money, which would devalue the, that nation's currency. We've seen that all over the world. Venezuela has been with capital control since the early 2000s. We got to a peak where, where the inflation per year was over a million percent. When you don't have control over your finance, you uh, are not free. Another concern, lack of privacy. According to the Bank of International Settlements, in order for CBDCs to ensure transparency and combat illicit activities, full anonymity is not plausible. CBDCs can also be programmed and personalized to only be spent on specific items or within a limited time frame. This function is called programmability. Say a government wants to like distribute aid to um, people after a natural disaster, right? So in theory, the way programmable money would work is like, okay, so I'm distributing this aid and you can only use this money for food or clothing or medicine, but you can't use it to go buy cigarettes. But the other side of that, I think which people are concerned about is like, yeah, can you use that programmable money to like block certain people out of the financial system or, you know, or, or or restrict their freedom in some way. I think that makes a lot of people like very deeply uncomfortable. This idea of personalized monetary policy is a theme that people aren't talking about today. It's probably one of the scariest things in finance because if you hand people the tools to do it, they're going to do it. These traits make CBDCs susceptible to abuse of power by authoritarian governments. In Venezuela, the government-issued CBDC known as Petro wasn't used to send stimulus. Instead, the government allegedly manipulated elections and used it for surveillance. It was election year. The presidential elections were three months away from that. They kept saying that, okay, now I will give you the Petro. And they will give in the Petro in a, in a paper. They were saying, no, I'm giving you a Petro. And that's $60. That is how they keep using it to tell you that I'm giving you free money. And with that, you can earn favors of the people. Then they created just uh, a database, and on a database that they um, allow only governmental bodies that access to the database to say to the people, well, I'm sending you some Petros, but those Petros are not actually cryptocurrencies. They are not in any public blockchain. China is no stranger to surveillance either, from monitoring the 850 million users on WeChat to deploying half the world's security cameras. And now the country has control of a digital currency in its sights. 
President Xi Jinping admitted in 2019 that the country wanted to improve its financial system by controlling people, watching money, and tightening the system firewall. 2020 research from the People's Bank of China also aligns the e-yuan with his endorsement. According to the white paper, the digital yuan is traceable by what they called managed anonymity. That means that it provides anonymity for small value and traceability for high value to combat money laundering and illicit activities. If they can trace this currency at one end, they're tracing it all ends. They're just giving that for consumers to feel a sense of false hope. Everybody should be very concerned about the CBDC because this is what's going on behind all of this. All of these distractions are all about an economy that's falling apart. And what's unfortunate, if we really step back and we're going to be honest about the optic, is the Western hegemony of economy, which had controlled the entire world, is now shrinking back. Back, got back to President Putin, he has said openly that the West is going to suffer through a very difficult time. He has no grief with the West. It's about the bankers and it's about the criminal networks that are running the West. This is something we're going to have to come to grips with because in this country, the, those in power are going to stay and busy doing everything they can to keep in power. And we don't have enough people on the national platform that are even willing to talk about the fact that the Federal Reserve needs to go away outrightly and that the CBDC is rolling in to become a new level of tyranny. The CBDC is a version of that has already been used in China, digital money that's programmable. And the consequences are severe. One good example just happened about a week and a half ago. Take a listen. Well, well, another one of the conspiracy ideas have come true. Remember we were told that the vaccine passports or digital passports could be used against us? And we were just told, no, 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 they're only for COVID. Well, a very interesting thing happened in China. Now, you heard about the bank run where millions of depositors in China cannot have access to their money, and they haven't had access since April. Well, some of them decided to protest. And because they protest, their COVID passports were activated against them. They were quarantined. They were refused entrance into buildings and refused transportation. They were marked as being COVID positive when they weren't at all forcing them back into their homes. Remember when I told you who is trying to work on passports again? So much for that being another conspiracy. This whole concept of a CBDC, a digital currency, they've intentionally blended their idea so that it sounds like it is a blockchain system. They'll compare it to Bitcoin. They'll compare it to others. But you'll also see the national or the global markets of Bitcoin collapse and other things collapsing. It is, it is imploding at this point in time. And many in the, in the digital currency market right now, the cryptos are taking heavy losses. In addition to that, we're seeing the, the wallets going bankrupt, which is even worse because you could literally have your money in the digital form, but if you lose your wallet, you lose your digital connection to your money, basically your digital key. And your money, though, technically exists, but it's floating without any connection to you. It's abandoned. It's orphaned. And you can never get it back. This is the whole problem I've talked about with digital and crypto from the very beginning, is the potential for something like this to happen, where you end up with a contagion and corruption within it. Because so many of these coins were used and assets were leveraged to buy coins to make money. This is not actually a currency we've been dealing with. It is an investment vehicle. 
And it has all the same problems at the end of the day as any sort of investment vehicle because the money that was being created was being was used and leveraged to buy other things and it's just increasing the debt economy. Right now in the back end of our economy, there is way too much debt and there's not enough paper assets to cover it. So we're heading into what some are referring to as a Lehman moment, which is when Lehman went belly up. And that takes us back to about 2007. Take a listen to this piece. It's interesting because at the beginning of the piece, you're going to hear this analyst talk very clearly with excellent questions. And you're going to hear kind of a mainstream voice trying to reassure people that everything's okay. But listen to his snide comment at the end about crypto traders. To a Lehman Brothers moment, he's not just saying that to be alarmist, but we don't know how much debt is behind these collapsing assets, how much money individuals or even companies borrowed based on, say, the value of a Bitcoin or the value of a tech stock six months ago, a year ago. What say you, Cliff? We don't see a layman moment, uh, fortunately, at, at this point. Uh, now, the crypto crash is certainly uh, very material, as you mentioned, over $2 trillion in, in market cap being wiped out. That's roughly 10% of GDP. Uh, so there certainly will be some, some knock-on effects to the wealth destruction in that mm -hmm. space. Uh, potentially a silver lining, though, as, as many of these former crypto millionaires now may actually have to get back into the labor force and, and get, get a job. So it could actually be a good thing overall for the economy. You can tell the visceral hate for people in the, in the crypto market just with that comment alone. And he is part of the system that is encouraging and working behind the scenes to destroy crypto. Everything about this is to try to destroy any sort of alternate mechanisms of, of money transfer so that everybody is ultimately forced into a CBDC acceptance. Here, here's discussion here that's important to appreciate on debt levels and how much was going on behind the scenes to leverage debt and use crypto as a piece to make money to offset debt, but creating debt at the same time. But to understand debt is that debt in this model is based on what they call liquidity. So if there's when they start to have to get calls, which means to have to come up with the money to pay for the debt, they have to create, they have to come up with the liquid cash. Even in a country where we have produced 80% of the money in circulation in the last two years since 2020, as you will hear in this piece, there still is, we are running into a crisis of not having enough liquid cash to offset the debt. Our debt economy is literally imploding. Francis, how do you see it? My, my point is, is that you don't really know the leverage, the loans, the lending behind these assets that have now collapsed. And when you get margin calls, do you then have to sell those assets trying to raise money? And that causes this downward spiral somewhat we've seen in crypto. But you really don't you, you don't know where the bodies are buried at this point. No, absolutely. The thing is, is that when the Fed tightens, you literally reduce the money supply. And if you don't have enough money in circulation as you're draining liquidity out of the system to pay and service all of this unknown debt, then yes, you risk a liquidity crisis. If we look at what happened the last time they tightened in 2018, not only do we get a 20% sell-off in the S&P, but they had to start adding to the balance sheet quantitative easing ahead of COVID in September of 19 because they didn't have enough liquidity in the system 
to settle those trades. How do we know that? The overnight market spiked over 10%. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing. We're tightening the same amount as we did last time, but we're doing it over a year's period. And the sole determining factor, if we have a Lehman moment, is if they overdo it and drain too much liquidity out of the system with this record amount of debt, and we can't service that debt. And then you will see all of the debt behind these things defaulting. And that's when we find out, sadly, Dagan, about these debt levels. What we've witnessed with the rise in interest rates by the Fed is an attempt to try to quell inflation. But the Fed's boxed in because they've overproduced and over overprinted money at the same time with every bit of printing of money in the Babylonian money magic model. Quite literally, they have created 10, 10 times that factor of more of debt. So there is no solution here. And even though they're going to try to increase interest rates, which is going to try to quell spending, the end of the day, what you're doing is you're still forcing a problem within the market where people now can't get more credit and more debt and everything starts to spin on itself. This is being, this is literally where the Fed has boxed itself in and the economy is in a tailspin, but it's also by design. You have to understand this. In my opinion, what we are witnessing is an engineered destruction of the economy with again, the end goal being as Jerome Powell stated at the very beginning of the Powell, of the piece today is that he's, they're looking, assessing. They're not assessing. The CBDC, the U.S. dollar CBDC, is ready to roll. And what this currency is at the end of the day is it's a debt transfer currency. It's not just a currency that's tied to your bank account, tied to every transaction you make, tied to your social credit score, and not just a currency that has the ability to be programmed, but it's also a currency that allows them to fund their debt with your savings. Take a listen to this. Right, but it's also due to the fact that the pressure on the small banks and credit unions to put the money in their investment portfolio and buy long treasuries as opposed to give loans. So from a regulatory standpoint, they've been trying to do yep. everything they can to stop them from making loans and force them to put it in the investment portfolios and then force them to buy long treasuries. So or long Fannie Mae's and Freddie Mac's the mortgage. But but right. basically they're trying to take this whole pot of money and instead of allowing it to support the economy in their local areas, they're trying to force it to support the federal government and its control of the economy. Right. So CBDC, if we look at that as sort of a continuation of the trend right. that started with the bailouts, CBDC would put that trend on steroids. Right. To the financialization of the economy. Right. 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 Now, we in Malmo, Richard Werner did a great presentation. And one of the things he talks about is the more small banks you have, the stronger your economy, because those right. small banks are making loans and they're, you know, they're sending money around the economy and small business is happening. What we're right. watching is the banking piece of what we saw during the COVID restrictions of let's destroy small business. You're talking about taking the entire liquidity base out of a community and sending it through the Federal Reserve or the Treasury, because what's right. going to happen is it's going to go through the Treasury and everybody's business is going to bankrupt and then they're going to get a check from the government, universal basic income or, you know, or social security disability or unemployment or welfare. But you're going to take the whole economy and run it through the federal balance sheet and give complete 
central political control. That's the key right there is how do you take an independent economy built around small business and how do you centralize it so it becomes a communist system with a centralized planning committee and all aspects of banking and financial structures are controlled by a central entity. How do you do that? Well, something like a pandemic, a lockdown, an inability to con- to function on business, a s- destruction of supply chains as your lead industries in the world agree to now transmission transfer all of their production into facilities that no longer need people. Facilities that rely on artificial intelligence and robotics to do the manufacturing and production. At the meantime, a continued squeezing of people, limitations of their ability to get out and about, destroying small businesses. While the big corporate businesses continue to grow, like Amazon, Costco, Home Depots, Walmarts, and people end up having to rely on home deliveries that only they can provide. If you're Amazon, it's even better because your prime service in Amazon is now funded in part by taxpayer dollars that are funding the post office. So you get great rates that no one else can compete to. And even if you run your your small business through Amazon and you're using that small business to sell through their prime service, you're going to be hit with a, with a shipping fee that's going to offset your profits. Amazon's still going to make money. Then, of course, what you do is you overspend on your economy. You do things like stimulus checks, which is an introduction to a universal basic income. People are desperate for money. You continue to do this. The economy continues to spin. As inflation starts to rise, people's buying power continues to diminish. Then you start to take away the food supply. They're doing a pretty good job at that one. And magically, food processing plants begin to burn up as the companies that own them collect the insurance and build into the new facilities, which will meet the fourth industrial revolution standard. Little by little, you're squeezing in on people so that they have less and less control. They start to believe that they have less control. That's the key part. And they start to feel that they, they have to do whatever the government says. Another big part of the lie, but people believe it. Eventually, what you do is you get them to a point where with inflation high, buying power diminishing, and then you also have this shrinkflation going on where shrinkflation, people are buying what they're buying is not only more expensive, but they're getting less. So companies are continuing to make their profit margins. And the most basic of things start to be impossible. You can't, you have to choose between rent, between food, between fuel, energy, like to keep warm and you have to, or even whether you're going to have a cell phone and communication or whether you're going to have clothes and shoes on your feet. It gets to be so desperate that you're now turning to the government as everything begins to bankrupt. Businesses continue to bankrupt. The debt in the government has continued to run out of control as those in the elite class pilfer this and put it in their own pocket. At the expense of the people, the people are now desperate. And instead of coming together and making a breakaway economy, they turn to the government and they say, help us, help us. And the government arrives. Having created the problem, they now offer you the solution which is this shiny new thing called a central bank digital currency dollar. And what exactly can that dollar do? Well, that dollar now can be used by the Fed at will to pay for their debt. Now, keep in mind, at the same time, the global economy is changing. We're going into regional economies. Russia is not on the the Rockefeller system or the Rothschild system. We still are. 
So Russia's building an economy, a sovereign economy around its own peace, and we're being sold this nonsense in the public about Russia, 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 which most people still believe, a lot of people believe. This big war in Ukraine, another diversion, it's not so much a diversion in the sense that they're unrooting and they're uprooting bioweapons labs, which Russia's ending up doing to free the world from the dominance of the Rothschilds banking system and the leverage is coming from our Department of Defense paid by your and I's taxpayer dollars. But then what's happening is as the, as the power and reach of the U.S. is shrinking, it now still has to have a way to fund its own expenses, which is the elite's wealth extraction on the people. So why is the CBDC ultimately so important to them? Because since they know they can't pass the debt onto the world anymore, since countries are setting up their own versions of these digital currencies, they're now going to have to pass their debt onto the people. And there's a limit to how far people will accept taxes. But here's the beautiful little thing about the CBDC. And this is where it's a home run if you're an elite. They don't need your permission. All of their money, all of your money comes from them. And as it comes from them, at what they give, they can take away. And they will, at will. All they have to do is reach into your account or anybody's account at any time and take out the money that they need and squeeze you down. So you might get your, your universal basic income. You might get that special little promised amount of, say, $5,000 a month. Boy, that sounded good when you got it. Except that when you go in now, they're going to give you a justification, just like you heard about in China. You see, they're just going to flag you. They're going to use your digital pass. They're going to say you're not up to date on your passes. They're going to say that your social credit scores crashed. All of this is easily manipulated at a master level since they're controlling all aspects of the economy. And all that money that you had, it is no more. This is the war, the real war we're fighting. And so if you wonder, as I know people have made comments like, why aren't you for voting? Why are you this? Because it doesn't flip and matter. The real fight is financial, and it always has been. Putting in a new puppet head in Congress is not going to make a difference on this until we fix the power of the people and people understand how much power they have with the power of the purse. The real and only vote you have deals with how you spend your income because you're currently a slave. And, it, and they expect that you're going to buy from the company store. And that is a, an extremely important principle to understand. The whole concept that we've been working on here for two years talking about it, which is county by county, was to break away from the dependency on this corporate beast, the yoke of corporate control, which everything is a corporate control. Our government is a corporation. And as we sever from that relationship, you're taking away their ability to control you. The principles of right work have been to break away from the dependency on corporate jobs and government jobs. To start taking sovereignty back and control of your own currency. To build the capacities that you have with growing your own food and making things again so that you have another form of currency in this world. That's barter. That's trade. Because if you're going to be dependent on their system, which they are going to force feed this, and my guess is it's going to continue to be an option for a number of years unless the people stand up and revolt, it will continue to be a trap. And 
There's nobody currently in the political level in this country that's talking about the threat of the CBDC. In fact, it's probably going to be one of these polished little turds that are going to pass off to everybody and go, each side, look at how great it is. We're going to have a digital currency dollar. It's the most disastrous thing that could ever happen to us. This is a true systemic threat to our, to our sovereignty in this nation. With a CBDC, you can squeal all you want about the Constitution. It is dead forever as long as the CBDC is in effect and the people accept it. Now, there is some good news on the horizon, and that's the, the small credit unions, and they're not happy about this at all. Now, credit unions and banking trade groups have released a joint letter to the chairman of, and the ranking member of the House Financial Services Committee warning of devastating consequences if the Fed moves toward a CBDC. Um, and they quote from the letter, the Martins quote from the letter here, in sum, the savings of businesses and consumers would no longer fund the assets of the banks, primarily loans, but would instead fund the assets of the Federal Reserve, mostly securities issued by the Treasury uh, and mortgage-backed securities from Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, in effect, CBDC will serve as, as an advantaged competitor to retail bank deposits that will move money away from banks and into accounts at the Fed where the funds cannot be lent back into the economy. See, that's the whole thing is that the, they're trying to get control of everything right now through the banking sector. The credit unions have been separated from them and have not been, they have been truly a local bank for everybody. But the Fed is now trying to squeeze them in such a way to force them to put their assets into bonds and investments that the Federal Reserve wants them to put them into. The reason for that, they're going to, they want to take your local money and they want to force it into the Fed centralized pool so that you have no actual control over your money, nor does the local bank. And that means that when you when someone needs to get a loan, it can easily be denied and they can start selectively denying communities to underdevelop them intentionally, just saying that there's no resources available or just use denial while they channel all sorts of money to their cronies in the big cities like Larry Fink and BlackRock operations that are trying to build big undercover vertical agriculture systems to force people to eat GMOs and grown meat. See, this is an insidious plan in the end of the day, and we're far from being out of, out of the problem. And unless we elevate this up and this awareness up, we are not going to be able to get through this easily. We're not going to get through it easily anyway. Catherine Austin Fitz is one of the most brilliant minds in this entire subject. I follow her. I read her. What you've heard here tonight were a couple of her commentaries. And it's important to understand how important it is to maintain a tra a, an, an exchange in cash and hard, and hard capital and currency. And to also develop skills, gifts, and talents as we move forward so that you have an ability to exchange, which is not dependent on a digital currency. Self-sufficiency is extremely important in this transition. They are relying on the idea that people are going to be, continue to be dependent on their local grocery store, continue to be develop, dependent on their federal subsidies, continue to be dependent upon their corporate paychecks. And that's how they maintain the control. This has always been a corporate war against America, an organized corporatocracy across the entire globe of an organized criminal cabal that has used its corporate shells to create regulations, rules that are outside the Constitution and yet legally be able to uphold them in the court of law. 
and to squeeze people down so that people will comply and give in by their free will. This will not change. They will continue to squeeze you at every step of the way to use your free will to accept their system. Remember, this is ultimately a spiritual war. And this spiritual war right now is literally Babylon versus God's children. So quite frankly, choose wisely. This is not going to stop. And the war is being waged on many fronts. They go after the schools. They go after the food. They go after the policies of control, the COVID passes, the the vaccines. All of this stuff is part of a centralized war, ultimately, to force people into one big corral. And that corral is the corral of control of the money. Remember what Henry Kissinger said. You control the food, you control the people. You control the energy, you control a nation. You control the money, you control the world. Patriots, this is not going to be an easy fight. It never has been, and it will continue to be challenging and probably for most of our lives. The fight at the core of this is a multi-front assault that we have to give back and we have to keep in mind that the principal element of control that they're looking after is how to choke off our ability to buy and exchange. We don't have to agree to any of that as long as we have the ability to adapt, we can overcome any of this. So just to emphasize that point again, you need to have talents and skills. You need to be building your skills quickly. You need to be getting in your hand an ability to earn a, a way to pay for something, even if, it's by, even if it's by trading labor that's not dependent upon a digital currency. You need to be able to grow your own food and you need to grow as much of your own food as you can. And building those skills is essential because as opportunities expand and they will over time, you're going to have to be able to grow more of your own food. You have to maintain that focus on building out skills and ability to be self-sufficient every single day. It's a constant climb. It never stops. It will never stop. And it's not something that you can take a break from. We are in the heat of this war. This is the climax of this, and they are not stopping. And unless we get strong enough, which I believe we can, to break away and create these alternate economies, the whole push that Andrew Torb has been doing on Gab, the whole principle of creating a breakaway economy, we have to continue to push down that route. The idea of centralization is critical to the success of these people. We can talk all day long about political changes. We can talk about making vote better and all this. But until we get to the corporate space of this, we're not going to be able to control the game board. And the only way to get at the corporate space is not to buy their crap and not to accept their services. In the end of the day, the entire function comes down to one simple function of a vote, don't buy. And that issue right there of not participating in the economies that they want us to be part of gives us freedom, redirects us to local, local, and we begin to reclaim our sovereignty one step at a time. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, come to you tonight very humbled and looking at the magnitude of this fight as we see Babylon continuing to reach out its tentacles and tendrils to try to control us through its various forms of promises of currency and greatness through the control that they provide. Father, we just ask literally the 
people can have eyes to see here, to see clearly that this monster, this beast that we're dealing with, has only one thing in mind, to enslave and to, and to destroy. We have to have the strength within us to be able to stand up now, Father. We pray for this, that people will start to continue this climb and more and more people will join in that pursuit of developing independence and sovereignty, that true sense that you gave us from the beginning that has, should, be, should be part of our lives every day, but sadly has, for so many, has been muted and silenced. But it's time now, Father, for those in the remnant and those in this world that will listen to stand up and to lead that way, to demonstrate what it is to leave, to live free, to live sovereign, to live independent and accountable. Guide us in these times, protect us, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. That component is can't be under overstated. It is so important that we live what we say as much as we can to really now be working very diligently on building more and more capacity in our ability to live sovereign and free. Not all things are easily overcome, meaning the dependence on certain issues. Fuel is one. But the more that we come together as communities to work on these problems and embrace the fact that we're not going to go down the CBDC realm, then the better and more quickly we can overcome the, uh, the obstacles. Many will want to choose the CBDC. They're tired. They're weak or they're just enticed by the idea of easy money because it's going to come with that. The part of this package you're going to sell is going to be something like a, CB, like a UBI. Hey, look, we've got a CBDC. It's a new digital dollar. You're going to be happy. And with that, we're going to give everybody a basic income and you'll all be happy. That's where they're going to snag a lot of people. Each one of us has to have the resolve, the strength, and the resiliency to avoid getting caught in that trap. And that's going to come both from the efforts that we do and the community and fellowship that we build and use together as God would intend. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. We need a lot of prayers right now for clarity and strength. And we need a lot more people getting that clarity and strength. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. But in the end, God will always win. We are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time. God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. 
and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. 